Thank you. Thank you, Rod. My cousin, we've been close for many, many years, and, uh, you know, even though we're apart, for, it's, it's been about three years, you know, COVID and everything else that's happened, uh, but you get together, and it's just like no, no time's passed. Just pick up right where we left off. Why? Because we're family. You know, we're family. We love each other, and that's the way it is with the family of God. We love each and every one of y'all and the love amongst us. What did Jesus say? They're going to know your Christians by what? Your love one for another. So if you see a bunch of people fighting and arguing, maybe they don't love him. There ain't no love between them. They probably, yeah, I, got, I got to question the love for him. Amen. They shall know your Christians by your love one for another. Well, that's not my message this morning. That's just thrown in for, <laughs> that's just thrown in for good measure. Um, I, I'm, what I'm going to speak on this morning, we're talking about Jesus. We're going to look at um, one of his teachings here at his disciples uh, uh, in Mark uh, chapter 8. And, and um, this uh, incident's also covered in Matthew, but we're going to look at the account in Mark uh, chapter 8. And uh, if I had a title for my message, it would be The Hungry Boat Ride. And you'll figure out what we're talking about in a little bit. Uh, the Hungry Boat Ride. Um, and this is a, a, a story here in the Bible uh, in Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 13. Uh, if you start reading through the whole thing, you're going to see where Jesus was performing miracles on the other side of Galilee. And uh, let's see, actually, he, he fed 4,000 people just right before this. Um, with seven uh, with seven loaves and a few fishes. We'll go into that in a little bit of detail. But he finishes performing miracles, finishes doing that, and he's getting ready to leave to cross to the other side of Galilee. And this is where this particular uh, episode takes place. I want to read that, and then we're going to pray for the Lord's blessing um, on his word. But let me start out here in uh, Mark chapter 8. Um, let's start out uh, with verse 13. And he left them, and entering into the ship again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have no bread. Now, wait a minute. Just a little bit earlier, it said no more than one loaf. Now we have no bread. Just let that one, you know, I'll hit that in a minute there. Uh, and when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye? Because ye have no bread. Perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not, and having ears, hear ye not. And do you not remember when I break the five loaves among five thousand? How many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said unto him, Twelve. And he said unto them, And when, oh, and when the seven among the four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it? that ye do not understand. 
Amen. That's what I want to talk to you about a little bit this morning. But before uh, we go any further, I'm so happy to be here with my dad. Um, I'm happy for a man of God who raised me to love the Lord. Um, my dad's not perfect, but he's always been a fantastic example of God to us. My mom and dad raised us to love the Lord, to know the Lord. Uh, they raised my brother and I to realize what's in here. My mom was a big believer in attitudes. I don't care about, you know, I mean, what you're doing is one thing, but I, what, what's in your heart? That's what she's caring about. And they raised us that way. And, um, you know, I thank them for that and where we are today, my love for the Lord because of them. So I want to ask my dad if he'll pray over this message, over the Lord's word, and that the Lord would anoint it. Dad, would you pray over it? Praise the Lord, I tell you. I've enjoyed all the preaching so far here. Great preaching by my brother Nathan yesterday morning. Preaching by Rodney last night. Praise the Lord, he's been ministering to us. I don't pretend to be able to come up to these preachers, but I do want to share a little bit with you that the Lord, um, I've, I've received from the Lord, and, and I think maybe he has for us today. This particular lesson here that we're looking at, this particular incident, Jesus, as I said, had been doing miracles on the other side of Galilee. He's getting in the boat. They're going over to the other side. He gets in the boat. Now, Jesus, one thing you see about him, he's always teaching. Every opportunity he has, anything he says, listen to it. Jesus never says anything for no reason. You notice that? Everything he says has a reason and has a purpose. And he gets into the boat, and he's going to take an opportunity to teach because that's what he does. He's teaching his disciples all the time. If they listen, they'll be learning from him. And what does he say to him? He says, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. What do they immediately do? Are they trying to learn from him? No, no, no. He said leaven, leaven, leaven. That's yeast. That's used to make bread. He must be talking about bread. We forgot to bring bread. You know, now it said a little earlier there, uh, the disciples forgotten to take bread, neither they had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. So apparently there was one loaf there. My guess is it was from the trip over something, one leftover loaf probably banging around in the bottom of the ship somewhere, you know. One loaf. But they get to it, you know, when he says love, and they, oh my, we didn't bring bread, we forgot to bring bread. Peter, why don't you bring bread? Uh, my turn to bring bread. Nathaniel, what about you? And he, oh, man, no, I didn't bring bread. Dude, that's Judas. Judas, he's the guy who's got the money. Don't look at me, man. I'm the treasurer. I, I just dole the money out. I don't go get bread. No bread, no bread. Nobody's got bread. And Jesus wants bread. He's mad at us over bread. We didn't bring any bread. Oh, he's upset with us. What do we see here? Jesus is upset with them. But it's not for the reason that they think. And you figure that out pretty quick. All they could think about, oh, bread, we forgot to bring bread. Oh, my goodness, we forgot to bring bread. And they're talking about themselves. And Jesus hears it. He knows it. 
what are you guys doing talking about bread? That you didn't bring bread. And then he goes into a lesson to him. Now, I know Brother Nathan preached yesterday on, you know, getting defeat from victory, and I'm sort of along the same lines here. I'm preaching on learning from bad examples. Generally, we preach on learning from good examples, but here's an example where Jesus gets on to his disciples. You know, generally, Jesus is very kind, very gentle with his disciples. They ask him crazy stuff like, who's going to sit on the left and the right and stuff? And Jesus doesn't chew them all out. You know, he deals with them kindly. Most of the time, he's dealing with very kindly, very gently. But you look in this particular scripture here, and he's not dealing, I mean, he has given a pretty strong rebuke. He's going, what? Why are you reasoning on themselves? Perceive ye not, neither do you understand. Have your heart, you know, have you ha- do you have your heart hardened? I mean, that's, that's a pretty tough rebuke. A lot tougher than we see in other places. Why is this? I don't know about you, but if there's something that got Jesus a little upset, I'd try and figure out why it is so I don't repeat it, right? Amen. So sort of, sort of like Brother Nathan said, we're, we're going to learn here from a negative lesson. <laughs> let's, not, let's not repeat that. Why, why do you think it is? Um. I think the reason is, is there's some spiritual truths here that they missed that Jesus wanted them to get. And that's what we're going to go into here now. Maybe you got a different view on it, and that's fine. Uh, but, but I'm going to share with you maybe some spiritual truths here. Um, Jesus starts talking to them about beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. He's not talking about bread at all. When he's talking about the leaven of Pharisees and Herod, uh, we see leaven typically in the Bible is representative of, of something corrupts uh, that, that, that permeates everywhere. Just a little bit leavens the whole lump, right? Just a little bit has a widespread effect. Um, we know the Bible tells us what the leaven of the Pharisees is. If somebody wants to look up, look up, look up. <laughs> Luke chapter 12, verse 1. He tells us right there in Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Um, uh, and I can read it for you here. In the meantime, when they were gathered together, an innumerable multitude of people, and so much that they trod one upon another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Okay. So we, we already got that one down. We know what the, here it is. It's spelled out for us clear and simple. The leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. He's telling them, beware of hypocrisy. Beware of saying one thing and living another way, guys. Okay, that's a lesson he's trying to give them. We should apply that one to ourselves, too. Beware of that. Let's let's live what we preach. Let's let our life live. We say we're living for Christ. Let's live for him. Okay, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Then he says, beware of the leaven of Herod. Well, now, that one's not so clearly spelled out, but I think most of us can figure that out. Herod, he wasn't too great of a guy, was he? Herod did a lot of things. He claimed to be, you know, he's, he's the, the king and everything else. Of course, he falls under the, the headship of Rome at that time because Rome's over. But, uh, you know, we know what he did to John the Baptist, and he did it because John the Baptist called him out. I mean, for, for I mean... We don't have to go into all, all, the, all the sins that he did, but let's, let's just say the guy was a very sinful man. 
uh, and John the Baptist called him out for it and wound up losing his head for it. And and uh, there's a whole sermon in that. So the, the leaven of Herod would be sinfulness. That would be the leaven of Herod. So watch out for sinfulness. Watch out for hypocrisy. Okay? They sort of go hand in hand. Pretty much saying, you say you're a Christian, then you're sinning. Sinfulness, it sort of goes the same hypocrisy. If you say you're a Christian, you're not living that way. He's basically telling them, you watch out for that. Is that what they hear? All they hear is leaven. Bread. We forgot bread. How many times is the Lord trying to speak to us something? Tell us, watch out. And all we, all we hear is something else, something superficial. Bread, old. He's talking about bread. And Jesus at that point says, you guys don't get it. I'm not talking about bread. And then he goes into a story where he begins to talk to them about feeding thousands and all this. What's he trying to get across here? Well, I believe there are some spiritual truths, as I said earlier, that he's trying to teach them. The very first of those spiritual truths is, Who is in your boat is much more important than what is in your boat. They had no bread in the boat. had one little loaf of bread. But who is in your boat is much more important than what is in your boat. Who did they have with them in their boat? They had the greatest bread maker of all times. I preached this message before down in southern Mexico. They had el mejor panadero del mundo the best bread maker of the world. Panadero. Mexicans all understand panadero. That's the bread maker. He's the guy that makes the bread. They had the best bread maker in the world. And Jesus is telling them, look, guys, let's look here. What does he go through? He says, hey. He goes through all this. Don't you remember? Don't you understand? Don't you see? And then he asks them, when I broke the five loaves, among the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? Twelve. Okay. I want you to just remember these numbers. I, I'm an engineer, so, you know, I, numbers are an easy thing for me, math. I did loads and loads of math in college. And anyway. So, five loaves feeds 5,000, has 12 baskets left over. Then he says to him, and when the seven among 4,000, How many baskets full of fragments took you up? They said to him, seven. Okay. So let's look at a little something here. Starts off with left load, right? Five loaves. How many does he feed? 5,000. Starts off with seven loaves, more loaves. How many does he feed? 4,000. Less people. Now, what about the baskets left over? 5,000 starts off with only five loaves. Feeds 5,000, has 12 baskets left over, starts out with seven loaves, feeds 4,000, only has seven baskets left over. There's an interesting principle here as well. And it holds pretty much throughout the Bible. Okay? So we said one principle is who is in your boat is much more important than what's in your boat. Second principle is God delights to do a lot with a little. God delights to do a lot with a little. Am I saying that God can't do a lot with a lot? Absolutely no. He can do a lot with a lot. He's God. 
but he delights to do a lot with a little. And we're going <laughs> to, we'll, we'll look at this a little bit here. I think often we say, but I don't have much. I don't have many talents. I don't have this. I don't have the other. I don't have experience. God is saying, yeah, but who's in your boat is more important than what's in your boat. And I delight to do a lot with a little. So you got a little? That's okay. You don't think your talent's worth much? That's okay. Because who's in your boat? Jesus Christ. Much more important than what's in your boat. More important than what talent you've got. Okay? I am there. And he is in our boat. Let's remember that. The disciples were forgetting that. My goodness. He's there in their boat. They do have one loaf of bread, remember? One little piece of loaf of bread there, one around, but one little loaf of bread. But he delights to do a lot with a little. Um, let's see. Any examples of that in the Word? Yep. When there's a nine-foot-tall giant to slay. What does he send out? A ten-foot-tall giant? No, he sends out a little shepherd boy with a sling and a stone. He delights to do a lot with a little. There's 200,000 Midianites to deal with. Remember that story of Gideon? What does he do? Round up an army of 300,000? Nope. Takes old Gideon. Pair them away. Tell the guys who are scared, go home. Really? Yeah, tell the guys who are scared, go home. Okay, go home. Okay. No, no, no. You still got way too many. Go down there to the brook. Have them drink. Let's see which ones get down lap like dogs, which other ones drink out. Okay. Now we got the guys who drink out of their hands because they can look around and see what's going on. Okay. Keep those guys. How many we got now? 300. Yeah, that's a good number. 200,000 Midianites, 300, I think that sounds about right. That's good. And he gives the victory. Why? Why does he do that? We can go through numerous examples. Why does he do that? Because then there is no question who accomplished it. It was not man, it was God. That is why. So when you're weak, when you're down, when you have very little, you think I've got nothing, God says, oh, I delight. That's somebody I can use. That's somebody I can use because they can't do it on their own. But through me, they can do it. That's what I want to do. And that's what he's trying to get across to the disciples. Hey, it's not you. It's not your bread that you brought. It's me. You've got the greatest bread maker of all time with you. Now, I told you about I'm a math guy, right? And we went through these numbers already. Now, you young people, I'm sure some of you guys take algebra in high school, right? Oh, boy, I didn't know I was going to come and get preached about algebra. <laughs> you guys ever remember something about putting two lines on a curve, something called extrapolation? You guys remember that? If you got two lines on a, on a two, two points on a line, you can draw, you know, you got two points, draw a line between it. Anywhere along that line, you can use extrapolation to sort of tell you what you're going to get. Well, if you want to use math... And I'm not, don't say I'm preaching some new doctrine. I'm just throwing this out here. <laughs> but it, if you take that little, you, you take that little, those points that I talked about, 
seven loaves, 4,000 people, seven loaves left over. Bought that online. Take another point, 5,000 people, you know, five loaves, 12 baskets left over. Plot that on the line, and um, you, you now got a point. You got two points there, two math points, and you plot a line. Well, what happens if you only had one loaf to start out with? One loaf to start out with. How many could you feed then? If you do the math, and I'm not starting, don't run If you just did the math and you just extrapolated, you could feed over 7,000 people and have 22 baskets of bread left over with one loaf. They had one loaf in the, in, in the ship. Now, there are no 22,000 people in that boat. I mean, you know, there are the 12 of them and Jesus, and I don't know, maybe there were some others along, doesn't say. There certainly weren't no 22,000. There weren't a thousand, probably weren't a hundred, nothing like that in the boat. One loaf of bread. He could have fed them. And Jesus is trying to get them to see. He goes through this whole exercise with them. I mean, he goes through it. He says, how many loaves did I start with? How many people did I feed? How many baskets? You think he's not get, trying to give them a little bit of a math lesson there? Why does he go through the numbers? Why does he make them answer him? He's trying to get them to see. The littler I start out with, the more I can do. But you guys... All you're thinking is about, we didn't bring bread. You have the bread maker with you. Amen. And this comes down. It comes down to, you know, are we going to realize who we got with us in the boat? Are we going to realize that? Sort of reminds me of of a story uh, in World War II. They said a ship sunk off the coast of, of, of um, South America. I'm not exactly sure what it was doing down there in South America during World War II, but there was a, a ship sunk off the coast there, and there were, I think, the five survivors. They're in a raft, and they're clinging, you know, to this raft there, and they're almost dying and everything. And, you know, and they finally find them and everything and, and, and manage to rescue them. He said, oh, we're so dehydrated, can't drink anything. They didn't realize this. You guys are here at the mouth of the Amazon. Just reach out in the water. That's fresh water coming out here. You guys had fresh water the whole time. They were were out there for like four days or something, almost totally dehydrated. They managed to to, to rescue them and they survived, but they didn't know what they had. They had the source right there. They had the water right there. How many times do we fail to realize who we have in our boat with us. We've got the source. We've got the water. We've got the bread of life in our boat with us. We just fail to realize it. He is there. He is there with us. And sometimes we miss that, that final principle. And, 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 you know, I'm not establishing doctrines here. I'm just giving you a few little truths and principles, okay? And the final one is, No miracle happens if you don't bring Jesus what you got. Brother Nathan sort of alluded to it yesterday. You know, he couldn't do any miracles in his hometown because of their unbelief. I mean, I'm I'm not saying, God can do whatever he wants. I'm not starting some, 
new doctrine. But, but it, it goes along with what we see in the Bible. Every time they brought him some fish, some bread and fish, he multiplied and fed the multitude. They brought him a boy's lunch. He fed, he, he multiplied. And fed. They brought him a man, dropped him down through the roof, and then he healed him. A man on the side of the road calls out, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me." He heals him. Amen. What does he do when he goes into the man by down, down by the pool of Bethesda? Do you want to be healed? Why didn't he just walk up, just boom? I don't know. Do you want to be healed? Okay. Raise up. Take up your bed and walk. I think if the guy hadn't raised up, he probably wouldn't have been healed. I'm not, I'm not trying to get, preach any, as I say, I'm not trying to establish any doctrines here. But what I am trying to get us to see is some principles. If the disciples had brought Jesus that one loaf of bread, and that's what I think he's trying to tell them. Look, guys, with this many loaves, I did this. Why are you worried about this? But you got to bring him what you have. So often we forget that. I mean, it happens in all of our lives. I remember it's been many years ago now. Um, my son, Devin, we were on a trip. Uh, we'd gone to down to Orlando, gone to Walt Disney World there with the whole family, and, and we go on various rides and get on this one ride called It's a Small World. And they got these little boats that float through canals and stuff like that. And uh, we get uh, to the end, and you're coming up this little ramp to unload, and they say, keep your hands inside, don't do anything. Well, Devin, he reaches out and grabs this, the bar, sort one of the bars out there that's you know outside of the boat for whatever reason, and then just about that time the boat jerks forward to go up a little bit more to stop when it does it sort of twisted his arm and everything and, and he got out oh mom 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 he's crying crying the rest of the day crying with it we, we, so we sort of you know it was towards the end of the day sort of cut the day short and uh we, you know we we uh, we go out to eat and he's still crying and complaining and Doris says I wonder if something's going on and she begins to feel him she's a doctor so she knows what she's doing she goes, oh, man, point tenderness, all this. Man, he fractured his wrist. He fractured his arm. It's like, oh, man. Oh, we got we to gotta find, a, we gotta find a, a care now or whatever, you know. Back then, it wasn't there no care now. I'll find some emergency room. I go get him x-ray. We may have to put a cast on this thing, you know. She keeps checking. Oh, man, point tenderness, everything. Just, oh, man, all the signs of a fracture. And he is, I mean, he's crying with it. He's complaining. And, and then he hears us talking about, Going, taking him to the hospital, he says, Mom, Dad, why don't we just pray for it? You know, we felt pretty, pretty convicted. I'm like, oh, God, forgive me. <laughs> Darla and I are like, Lord, forgive us. We're worried about trying to find a hospital, an x-ray machine. This little kid, he was, what was he, nine years old or something. Why don't we just pray for it? I said, Lord, forgive us. We have you here. We've got the greatest healer here. And we're worried about finding a hospital. And this little guy, he remembers. And we pray for him that night. Don't see anything necessarily miraculous, but Doris says, oh, it's okay. Go to bed. The next morning he gets up, running around, playing, everything, you know, fine. Doris says, come here, come here, let me check that. Test everything, point tenderness, nothing, nothing, 
nothingness, nothing all gone. Move in San Chan, do all this, totally, completely, never had anything, never had anything from it. Why? The Lord touched him, amen. But we'd have missed it. We'd have missed it. We were forgetting who was in our boat. And we certainly weren't offering it to him. He was there to heal. We just had to trust him and believe him. How many times, how many times do we not offer him what we have? And we've seen, you know, we've seen it over and over again. I know dad and those down in Mexico, we, we, loads of pastors don't have, don't have much, don't have talent yet. You know, I remember when I was a kid, Brother Adi Stell. Adi Still, Adi Still wasn't very educated, was he? Daddy could hardly read or write. Adi Still was not a great preacher. But boy, he built churches. The Lord blessed him. He saw many people come to the Lord. Why? Because he gave God what he had. And then God will take it and do some great things with it. Amen? Little Nicolasa just recently from the Chinanteco Indians girl there in the Bible school. Nicolasa got, you know, went to Bible school, graduated and everything. But down among the Chilantec, was very male-dominated culture. Hey, no, a woman shouldn't be preaching. One woman shouldn't be doing any of that. So she said, well, can I, can I just stay on here and cook for the Bible school? I want to be a service. She was a cook for the Bible school for several years. And then recently, within just the past couple of years, she went back, kept going backwards to see her family and stuff. And opening came up, the, church, the pastor there of the church and, uh, was gone, and opening came up. And she says, you know, I feel called the Lord to go pastor there. And wouldn't you know, this time the Lord opened up, and I said, okay. She's pastoring that church. The church is growing. Why? Because she's faithful in the little. She's even willing to cook in the Bible school. Now she's pastoring the church there First woman pastor among the Chilantel. Amazing miracle. Why? Because she's willing to offer the Lord what she had. Bring him what we have. Amen? Praise God. So, I think if there's anything that you guys can get out of this lesson, a few key points here. First of all, who's in your boat? A lot more important than what's in your boat. And who's in your boat better be Jesus Christ. If he's not in your boat, you need to get him in your boat with you. Amen. <laughs> How do you do that? Lord, come into my life. Amen. Who's in your boat is more important than what's in your boat. Number two, God delights in doing big things, starting with little things. He delights in doing that. You see it throughout the Bible. He delights in doing that. And then the third thing is, you're not going to see a miracle, probably, unless you bring him what you got. Unless you offer him what you have. Now, I imagine the reason they didn't offer him that little loaf of bread is probably all moldy. Been rolling around in the bottom of that boat. They looked at that, and they're like, I'm not going to bring this to Jesus. This is from the trip left over here, you know, coming over here. It's been rolling around there. That's why you see, in my opinion, that's why you see at first they say they just have, you know, not more than one loaf of bread. And then they say, yeah, it's because we have no bread. I mean, they were, they were totally discounting that. They were totally discounting that. And how many times do we discount 
I, I can't do it. I don't, you know. Pastor Rod maybe's asked you, you know, hey, can you do this? Oh, I, I can't. I just, I just can't do that. I don't have any. You know, I can't do that. No. No, no, no. God delights in doing great things with small things. If we'll just bring it to him. Don't say, no, I can't do it. Say, okay. With God's help, some way, in and of my own, I can't. You're right. In and of our own, we can't. But with his help, we can take that little moldy piece of bread, we can offer it up to him and say, Lord, here I am. Like the song we're singing. I live to worship you, right? Here I can, offering what I am. Here I am, you know, whatever I got. This is what I'm offering you, Lord. And if we'll do that, then he will take that. He will do some great, powerful, and mighty things with us. And, and don't look and say, well, it's just a stale loaf of bread. You know, it's, 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 it's nothing. No. It's not. Why? Because Jesus take it and do mighty things they were singing the song of andre crouch the blood will never lose its power there's another one i love jesus is the answer for the world today above him there's no other jesus is the way jesus is the answer for the world today Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Amen. 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 He is the answer. He is in our boat. And if he's not in your boat today, before we leave, I want you to make sure he is. And one of the things I'd like just to take a little bit of time, I know we got plenty of time here, Let's come down. Let's make sure we're offering him everything we have. That piece of bread that we might think is moldy, we might think is not worth anything, in God's hands, in God's hands, we just did the math. He took him through it. Why would that one piece? He could have fed 22,000 people. Now, I'm not saying, you know, he's stuck to the math. I mean, God will do whatever he wants to. But... I mean, he took, the, he took the disciples through that exercise for some reason because he wanted them to see what he can do if we will give him what we have. Amen? Amen. Trying to remember which, which of the great preachers said, it still remains to be seen what can God can do with a person who is totally yielded and committed to him. Amen? And that is what Jesus was trying to get his disciples to see. And yes, yeah, eventually they all, you know, almost all of them, you know, laid down their lives for him and everything. They committed it all. But this was his teaching to them. And this, I think, is what he's trying to get us to see today. Let's commit to him. Let's give him what we have. Bring to him what we have. And he will do great and mighty things for you. So if you would like to come on down and, and, and bring Lord, I don't know, Rod, if you... Uh, uh, but I'd just like, if we can take the time, yeah, I know uh, y'all can play some music. Let's just take the time to come down here and commit to the Lord.
that little loaf in your life, that little something, whatever you got. Lord, I give it to you, Lord God. If you want, if you want to do it in your chair, whatever, that's fine. Right on. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus.